Was it? Hold on. Hold a cotton picking minute. Mm-hmm. What are you drink? What are you drinking? Um, a little glass of. I thought it was our Christmas episode. So I thought it'd be nice to have a little drink with you. I mean, obviously, I didn't tell you. You didn't bother to tell me. I've got a Yorkshire tea bag in here. <laughs> Look, I have raced back. I've literally raced back from Guildford to be here now. And I think I think it's a Christmas episode, a little glass of something festive. How lovely. What could be better? If I'd known, I'd have got drunk. <laughs> One of the Mid Faith Crisis podcast. My name's Nick Page, and uh, there is Joe Davis. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, it's us. We're back, and we missed a week. I hate missing a week. Feels like too long since I saw you. Well, did you feel bad? Yeah, a little bit. Mm. A little bit because it was we missed it because we were so busy with like I don't know about you, but we're not necessarily happy things in my mm. case. Mm. Um, some very heavy stuff going on. I won't bore the listeners with, but yeah, it's been tough. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, we started going weekly when we went into sort of lockdown, didn't we? About yes, that time. exactly. And uh, looks like it's going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well get used to it. Should we do two a week now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Double it up. Double it up. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, church notices, anything? Well, Lee Abbey, I suppose. Is well, yes, available. Lee Abbey. I mean, I don't know whether there's any space left to be. I imagine there's lots, but yeah. I think yeah. there were some rooms left, yeah. But uh, yeah, good. do, do yeah. go and, and book that. That'll be good. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. And also a, a particular love from us to anyone who's got COVID at the moment, I think. I mean, it seems like the entire country is going to have it over Christmas. I think if Professor Witt has got it right. It's not exactly narrowed down the field, has it? Um, (laughs) No. (laughs) Much love to anyone struggling. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, how are you? Um, Well, do you want the nice answer or the truth? Uh, uh, Well, I'm going to get either, aren't I? No, no, I can can do that. Oh, fine, thanks. How are you? Lovely to see you. What would you like? Go on, no, give me the truth. <laughs> Fed up. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, just give me just give me ten seconds to rant about my first world problems and then I, it'll all be okay. I'll have a cup of tea. Okay, so everything has been cancelled. All the fun stuff that I was going to do, and you know, that takes you away from work. Everything's been cancelled. The you know the the dinner little thing in London with old work colleagues that's cancelled. The celebrants dinner around at our house to say you do a great job people that's cancelled the show i was going to go to as a surprise for rachel that's Mm. cancelled and then and then um we're thinking well at least we're going to see the kids at christmas they come back from bristol that'd be great and then bless him my son who has done everything in his past to try and avoid getting uh, covid because he's a little bit vulnerable um he tested positive Mm. yesterday so, yeah, yeah. So Christmas is cancelled. That's it. Um, you know, maybe even the government will cancel. Have to cancel their parties. I mean, I hate the thought of that. <laughs> Poor lambs. Um. So, <laughs> so yes, a little bit of moaning. Well, listen, I've got a, I've got a solution here for you. See, yeah. partly, I think the problem is your fun things. You know, yeah. are 
like my fun things are stay at home and read a book. So you know they haven't been cancelled. So I think you're probably trying to enjoy the wrong things, in my opinion. Yeah, but no one can be as unsociable and have so few friends than you. Uh, Well, I think people could if they tried. (laughs) They're just not putting their mind to it. At least we got a Strictly final coming up. Yes. Later today, if the podcast goes out on time. So there you go. That has been joyful. Did you watch semi-final last week? Of course, yes, I did. Yeah, I was cheering them on. Did you not think it was absolutely uplifting and joyful? That did. That was a little oasis of absolute joy. I was in floods mm. of tears, like mm. some mm. crazy man. Mm. No, it was great. Yeah. I just hope that isn't cancelled. Can you imagine the contestants come down with COVID this week? Well, wasn't one of them injured? AJ's injured. I'm so sad about that. Yeah. That's terrible. Anyway, we're trying to think about positive things, aren't we? Okay, I, I, right. I, yeah, no, that's all I have to say. Anyway, thank you. I feel cleansed having ranted about my pathetic problems. Well, <laughs> I'm always pleased when you're cleansed. So, <laughs> How are you doing? Well, I just want to say cheer up because the cricket's going splendidly. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised we haven't had abusive emails from the Australian listeners. I'm sure they will be coming. I don't know why. Why do we get so excited about the Ashes series in Australia when we know we're going to lose every single <laughs> yeah. match? It drives me mad. Anyway, it it's a triumph it a of bit. optimism, isn't it? Before it starts. <laughs> Aren't we supposed to have hope at this time of year? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. On the, on another note, I uh, I did go to the cinema again last night. Did um, you? It's sort of last ditch effort before it all gets closed. Um, oh, well done. Yeah, and I saw the new Spider Man. Uh, oh, which is wonderful! Is it? Is it I actually? It. Yeah, but I okay. loved James Bond, and you all curmudgeonly and went on ranted for five minutes about it. But I loved the Spider-Man movie. I think it's great. Okay, well, that's all right. I'll give it so, a go. Total Not at the recommendation. Cinema, obviously, total recommendation for that. And uh, yeah, other than that, uh, oh, what? I'll tell you what else happened. So we had our our uh, open doors. We had our staff party. Uh, Christmas oh, party, yeah. but we had it online, obviously virtual, so we cancelled it. <laughs> uh, and and we get, they give out they have awards. You could get nominated for an award. You know, people make up a kind of mm. an award they want to nominate somebody for uh, right. to be nice. And uh, and Claire got uh, nominated, and her award was for kindness, wasn't it? Oh, lovely. so she was a, given this award for kindness, and I got an award. Do you want to know what mine was for? I could probably guess. <laughs> it was for brutal honesty. <laughs> well, I was going to say grumpiness. Honesty is a good thing. <laughs> for Nick, for brutal honesty. I mean, me. I, I find that hard to believe. <laughs> it is hard. But, you know, hey, honesty is such a lonely word, as St. Billy well, said. Uh, well, you know what? Um, Claire's <laughs> insisted on putting them both up on the fridge as well. So we got... <laughs> Oh, yeah, they are actual awards. Oh, yeah, laminated <laughs> bits brilliant. of A4. I mean, the first time ever she's wanted to put anything on the fridge, but these are on the fridge, so kindness <laughs> and brutal honesty. There we go. Well, that is a tremendous thing. Now, I think the question that everyone wants to know is, mm. Brussels sprouts, yes or no? The, oh, right, this is about the baubles, isn't it? No, this is no, this is not. This is just a general question about Brussels sprouts. I'll come back oh, to the I wrote baubles. about them in my book. I wrote about them in my book. Uh, you did Brussels write about sprouts, absolutely no. The no. devil's vegetable. Wrong. I mean, just uh, named after one of the most boring capitals in the world, and uh, it's just awful. <laughs> oh, 
don't upset our Brussels listeners. And no, also... I've been there. The I'm beer's sure very we, good. I have to say I'm the beer's sh- very good. Yes, it is. And also, I'm sure we must be the 3,783rd favourite Christian podcast in Brussels. So Something not, like that, I would think. Let's not underrate it. <laughs> Why are you asking about Brussels? Well, I just think it's an interesting question. I think that is something that the listeners need to know in a world where I, we have no content. I have always <laughs> hated them, detested them, can't bear them. I will cook them at Christmas, though, because Claire likes them. Other yeah. people like them. You, you like, like them, them, then, do you? I love them. Rachel does them with chestnuts and bacon and stuff, and it's just yeah. absolutely incredible. Well, now, there listen. we go. No, no, that's the point, isn't it? In order to make them palatable, you have to cook them with a load of other stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, that may so be So you true. can't actually taste the Brussels sprouts. But the greatest thing here, and I hate to revert to my six-year-old self... Yeah. Is they are so explosive, and what I really like after Christmas is that even people who are very polite and you know would not normally break wind in public, they can't stop themselves, can they? Because it's like it is absolute rocket fuel for the bodies. So that is hilarious. Um, I do like a uh, bubble and squeak, though. I like bubble and squeak, and you make that with Brussels sprouts. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Well, that's inconsistent. But get, well, no, because it's fried potato, isn't it, really? No. But it's funny when when old auntie or nan who, you know, never says boo to the goose after Christmas dinner. <laughs> I'm just saying. It makes me it makes me titter still. Oh. It's only been like that for the last 56 years of my life. That's good. How mature. <laughs> uh, should we get on? So Yes, we absolutely should. Should we do a bit of feedback? Go on, then. Well, we won't overcook it, but there has been some. Um, so John says, uh, oh, well, no, I tell you what John did. I tell you what John did. The legend. He only sent in a little summary of his favourite episodes because you remember we were saying, oh, should we put oh. out a, an old episode when we're being a bit, you know, shoddy and skipping a week? Yeah. And we were saying, well, we don't remember what we talked about. Well, God bless him, John. He only he only sent in a summary of his favourite episodes. So that Terrific. was really helpful. Oh, no, well, thanks, John. We I might put some it. out over New Year. You never know. Okay, and this one, I'm just going to keep this one anonymous. Uh, From someone who says they were on a break from church, not least because of their statement of faith. And they said, I love the trigger words in episode 179. Uh, There are a few in the following statement I just found on the what we believe section of my former church's website. (laughs) (laughs) She said, perhaps if I read the small print first, I'd never have joined. And here comes the statement. The personal and visible return of Jesus Christ to fulfil the purposes of God, who will raise all people to judgment, bring eternal life to the redeemed and eternal condemnation to the lost and establish a new heaven and a new earth. <laughs> and they say, hmm, I'm definitely not on board with the eternal condemnation thing. And don't get me started on the visible return of Jesus. And they said, your podcast continues to keep me going when I question doubt and rant about my faith. So thank you, anonymous person. Why, why do churches do that i wonder on a website i don't know it's because they they want to make sure people are pure well that's it isn't it i mean there are a number of issues with that quite obviously i mean one is (laughs) one is i don't know why god is going to bother with all the difficulty of raising people to judgment if he's just going to condemn them that's nice though isn't it what a kind thing to do It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people go oh wish i hadn't bothered there um and but they, it's, it's they like um i think it comes from this view of of um christian doctrine as some kind of exam question 
you know, the, you yeah, know you, you, absolutely. You, you yeah. have to get the answers <laughs> right, or else you are going to be Zach. And 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 I God, know. God will be all smitey smitey on the basis of sort of yeah. incorrect beliefs. Yes, Inco- absolutely. Incorrect beliefs about things which are only hinted at in the Bible, but he won't apparently be smitey smitey about incorrect behaviour on things that are spelt out really clearly in the Bible. <laughs> yes, funny that, isn't it? So long as you believe the right stuff, though. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's, it's just a curious <laughs> thing. And really, all these um, statements of faith, they always end up like a kind of theological tenancy agreement, don't they? You know, like absolutely <laughs> That's every... a great expression. That'd be a good name for a book. You know, every bit of legalese, theological legalese, you know, you've got to have the visible return of Jesus. Because yes. somebody has questioned at some point whether it, it you know... It's visible be... or not. <laughs> are, we gonna, are we all going to see him? So somebody... No, we'll put visible in. <laughs> somebody will say, what colour clothes are we wearing? Visible and wearing a yellow jumper. Is that the equivalent of a VIP pass at a, you know, a, a, what, you, a concert? What, you've got all these areas. A worship band ac- concert. Access all areas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of you get visible, Jesus yes. return, but the rest of you, you're at the back. <laughs> yeah, you anyway. can't see. You can't see. There's a limited number of seats here. <laughs> Not all going to see him, are we? You get a restricted view for Jesus' return. Yeah, I know. You've got but a pillar in the way. very good. You're very good and believe all the right things. Oh, you get the VIP yeah. pass. Yeah. But it's so important. Sorry, the thing that I did want to say is I, I, I am absolutely sure that nobody ever believes every bit of these statements either. You know, that everybody qualifies them. So that even within the churches that spell them out, either people haven't yeah. read them or they're like, they're like terms and conditions on a piece of software. They've yes, ticked exactly. them, but they've never yeah. read them. And if they actually read them, there would be bits that they would go, what? Well, so I can't that. really see the point beyond saying a few broad principles. But anyway. Yeah, but there you are. You should check the small print or you sign away your eternal life, it turns Indeed. out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Lisa says this, moving on. I just thought I'd affirm your suggestions of reflecting on one bit of the Bible for an extended period of time. And she said a few years ago, I spent a good nine months focusing on the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. This proved to be hugely beneficial for my understanding of who Jesus is, my and therefore our connection to him, the community of the Trinity, the humanity of God and so many other things. So uh, thanks for that, Lisa. I thought it was really, really interesting and really interesting that you landed on on that verse. So Great. Yeah, it, it is an exercise we, we would both recommend, I think. Just yes. Dwelling on hmm. one particular thing. Perhaps in light of the previous discussion, just pick a pick a pick a piece about judgment and just dwell on that for a while. <laughs> yeah. And the visible return. The of visible Jesus, return. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, right. We shouldn't be too silly because hey, it's Christmas, everybody. Why? Why does that mean we shouldn't be too silly? What have you? you oh, I don't you, know. You I got angry just, about I... that. <laughs> I get angry about everything. I am a little bit angry about Christmas, as always, as you know. Um, Why? Because I think it's it's quite hard to get all the excitement. When I had young children, let mm. me tell you, Christmas was fun, 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 fun. And I worked in the church. I didn't even mind doing the services because, you know, there were kids at home who were excited and they were going to get presents and they were going to do that. And mm. And I think any questions I had about you know, virgin births or the literalism of the story or how Hollywood had got and how far away we'd got from the truth. I managed to kind of just put them to one side because for me, the focus was making sure 
me and my little family and others, I, I guess, um, had a had a jolly good time. Hmm. Um, and I think that's something I like. But of course, I don't have little um, children anymore. And I think that children and even the nativity plays, inaccurate as they are, get us caught up in some level of joy that is absent when we don't attend them or are not mm. involved in them. And so then you get into this kind of slightly, or I have got into this slightly ranty thing um, because, um, you know, it's, I, you know, I'm not sort of protecting my children or trying to give that up. Just think, gosh, I feel so disconnected from this sort of fairy tale mm. that we do that's depicted on all the Christmas cards you get, uh, if you still get Christmas cards, and is depicted on, you know, in so many ways. And I just think there's such a disconnect between that and what I what I assume I think I know is what Christmas is about. Um. So I find it difficult. I, I find the, you know, the the literalism of the stories increasingly hard to um, palate. Really, I think I'm more comfortable saying that now. I mean, I think those stories are brilliant, and I think they're full of truth and full of meaning, and there's great stuff in them. But it's it's hard when everyone around you thinks they're all literally true. When perhaps so, why you're do thinking, you? Why do you find that more about the Christmas stories than other bits, do you think? I... Or perhaps you don't, but... No, I do. I do. I do find it more about the Christmas story than other bits. I suppose, I mean, it. you know, I think, you know, Paul, who is one of the oldest writers of the New Testament, you know, does, doesn't mention them. Mark's gospel, which is the oldest gospel, doesn't mention them. The way you wanted to say someone is divine in those cultures was you you talked about a virgin birth so mm. you know caesar was born of a virgin and you know was god was godlike because of that because and you know in other creation in other myths in other cultures you know the, the gods would have quite violently you know even raped a woman to conceive a child so there were these horrible stories as well going around and then we get this rather lovely uh, story about uh, the Virgin Mary. I, For me, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying this and we've got into it now, haven't we? Mm. I mean, I don't want to upset anyone now. We're, but we're deep to, among the baubles To me, the, ho the whole thing about the Virgin Birth, shepherds, angels, wise men, all that, that doesn't have to be literally factual mm. for me. It, you know, that can still convey great meaning, great important truth that I want to embrace. But it doesn't have to be literally true for me at all. Okay. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I think there's some really important messages in God choosing to appear to shepherds. You know, the the sort of the, the nobodies at the time, the unimportant people, the overlooked people. I love that. I, that that to me is conveying something very important about the nature of the divine. I love that the wise men come. So people right outside of the cultures normally, right outside of the sort of uh, normal people who are thought of as the people of God, they're included. Mm. Um and also, you know, to contrast the slaying of children, Herod, uh, with the non-violent vulnerability mm. of the child Jesus. You know, that 
that to me is really important there's lots to learn from that but it for me it didn't have to happen literally that mm. that way you know jesus could have been joseph's son as the gospel goes on to say is joseph's well, son. well i think there's some interesting things here i mean yeah see one of the things i think that people do raise a lot of questions about these stories whereas they don't necessarily about some of the other you know miracle stories of jesus sometimes they do but you know and I think partly of that is because we've actually put a fairy tale layer on them mm. through the way that we have depicted them over, you know, 1500 years. Yeah. So we've added that kind of soft sure. focus glow. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and with, you know, we've basically taken what in fact are fairly sort of gritty stories at points and put fairy lights on them. And yeah. so, of course, they become like fairy stories because we've put the fairy lights on them. You know, we've we've turned them into that. I think you have to start off by saying, obviously, the gospel stories are not simply reporting. They're not just somebody mm. report. They are kind of developed sort of reflections yeah. on, sto- on, on testimony, yeah. on stories. Yeah. So basically, cl- quite clearly, looking at it, Matthew and Luke had a set of stories that they were taught, traditions about the birth yeah. of Jesus. Okay. Yeah. They didn't actually have the same set of traditions. So that's why, you know, Luke has the shepherds and Matthew has the magi and all this kind of stuff. There's very little overlap, in fact. Interestingly, the one area where there is overlap is the virgin birth. Mm. So it's one they both agree on, even though they represent it in in a different way. So quite clearly, it's a very early strata of tradition about Mm. Jesus. Mm. And, And obviously, they're going to shape that. And obviously, in Matthew's case, he's going to drag in kind of old testament prophecies not because he's sort of invented the story this is a kind of classic thing you know they say oh matthew sort of made up the story because of this prophecy actually that's not how he uses prophecy at all he he tells the story and then he says and it's just like that in the old you know he in other words Mm. the old testament to him is a kind of yeah uh, it springs to mind as he tells the story so I, i think partly that's it that we've removed by removing the sort of reality of the scene we've made them more fairy tale like sure in a way um, yeah and i think your book does a really good job on sort of getting back to actually here's the context and here's the culture and here's yeah you know obviously there's always going to be sort of questions about it because some bits you you, you wonder what quite what is being described like the star thing um yeah did that actually happen because stars don't generally move slowly no well they don't the sky, they don't do they? and and so the question is what does what is he talking about what is you know yeah. if we just take it literally as a star yeah then i think you, you've probably yeah. got issues but if it's a if it's uh, don't forget there was no distinction in those days between astrology and astronomy basically. yeah sure sure so are you going to say it could have been a comet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been an alignment of planets. It could yeah. have been a comet. An astrological thing mm. would still be... They don't know what the difference between a star and a comet is. Couldn't they have just got an app out and just checked? Well, you could. Or Brian, some Brian Cox's <laughs> ancestor or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I just think that you're right, in a sense. You have to take the... This is about what they mean. And what they mm. mean is Absolutely. outcasts, and what they mean is inclusion, not exclusion. Absolutely, uh, you know, and 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 I think the real point of the Virgin Birth is it that it points to a, a God intervening in history. That's why it's really mm. important. It's a divine intervention, um, and I, th- I, you know, why it was emphasised to a certain extent it was was also partly to do with other ideas about Jesus that were knocking about later, which was that he was never really human. 
you know, so there's a Gnosticism. Oh, uh, right. Kind of oh, thing yes, there. yes, 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 yes. So since he, he was never really human, so so they're very keen to say, no, no, he was. Mm. And just a very... I'm, sorry, I could go on for hours, as you can tell. Yes, but just I a very know. tiny point about Mark, because people often say, well, Mark doesn't mention it. Well, he doesn't. Yeah. But interesting enough, Mark is the only gospel that doesn't ever refer to Jesus, to Jesus as son of Joseph. It's always son mm. of Mary and Mark. Whereas the other Gospels have son of Joseph or son of the carpenter. Okay. And so, right. so you're even thinking there, there's a that even there, there's... there's there may be. It's a it's a I, very tentative mm, thing. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm so far left now. I don't know. But but the point is we're completely agreed on the meaning, even if we're not agreed on the historicity, I think. Um Yeah, one more thing. Sorry, just one more thing. So you're talking about the parallels with other mm. And I think this is quite important. So one of yeah. the one of the one of the big things about the gospel story is its distinctiveness. It's it's mm. it's unusualness. It's appearing to the the angels appearing to the wrong kind of people, the mm. wrong kind of people recognizing who Jesus is, while the right kind of people didn't. Yeah. You know, him being born in the wrong place. You yeah. know. Now, you talked about parallels with other uh, divine births. And interestingly, I think this is pretty unparalleled in that um, all the other ones, as far as we know, I think I think this is right, all the other traditions have the God, a God, either appearing in physical form and having, you know, special cuddles, as we talked about last time. Special cuddles, times. Yeah. Uh, Either as a human being form or, or you know, mm. Greek myths, all kinds of strange creatures mm. anyway. Um, or taking over, possess, possessing a man, and therefore doing it through that. Okay. But th this story just doesn't do that at all. It just, God just does it. Mm. So it's not really like the other ones, is what I'm saying, yeah. actually. Okay. All right. It's very different. Well, it rumbles on. But listen, listeners, here's the point I want you to get. You can think different things about it, but the point is they're there for a reason, and it, and they're there for an important reason. And it's worth dwelling on on what that means because for me sort of interestingly returning to the advent this year and to these kind of stories it, what's really struck me is just how political um mm, mm. that the good news is you know this idea of justice flowing down like a river to really the unimportant people because there are no unimportant people in god's eyes I think it's really important. I love the biblical sort of kingdom vision of a non-violent world. And this idea that actually if we if we are all important to God and we all matter to God and actually we all bear the divine image. I mean, for me, that's an important part of what this incarnation mm. message is all about. Then we can work together to make the world a better place. I mean, isn't that a blooming hopeful message that we need to hear it? time a time like this full of covid and oh know, absolutely climate change and all the rest of it this is the thing you know people would mm. say about christmas well we don't need those kind of myths or we don't need those mm. you know who needs legends or, or fables mm. but actually we all need fables absolutely I, we I all need and one of the fables we really need is the idea that peace on earth is possible yes exactly yeah, because if you look around, it, it it's not very likely, you know. It's not very. Yeah. It, it hasn't really happened very much, and yet we still feel that we want it to happen. And I think again, these stories inspire that. You know, you, you and I would take a subtly different view on historicity or whatever, 
but the story of the incarnation, the story of yeah. God among us, the story of God with ordinary people, is exactly that. It's yeah. it's yeah. it's a foundational story. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I mean, and and that I choose to see something, some parts of the Bible as myth, and others just uh, seem as literally important. I don't think I don't think that really matters what you feel about. It. We're back to our statements of faith. I don't really care. But the point is, have you embraced? The meaning of it, I think some things are so important, and so true, they can only be conveyed mm. as myth. Um, sometimes I think, how how else are you going to want it? How else are we going to convince people? Because every, if you try and tell people peace on earth is possible, they're going to be so cynical at you, aren't mm. they? They're going to. Mm. So what's a good way? To, tell them a story. Give them a vision of what how it could be and what it would be. So we might use a story in other times. It might have been called a myth. To actually convey that, no, it is possible for us to live. It is possible to value all human life. Mm. It is possible that, you know, a Westerner with a good income and a lovely house and, you know, all the rest of it is every bit as important as someone who's got nothing and is trying to get on a boat to travel to another country to escape persecution. You know, it's everyone could be equally important in God's eyes. So let's find the stories that get through to people um that that's the reality of who we are as human beings i think you have to accept the mystery as well you know you yeah. just have to go with that yeah so maybe embrace a bit of mystery so i've got a question for you go on um which is as you've you know come into advent and as you've been doing your baubles which mm. by the way i think universally we have all loved thank oh, that's you nice. thank you oh yeah they're excellent you know they are you swine well, you're I very good know, at really. this. No, you are. You're very good at this sort of stuff. Anyway, uh, let's not get you getting all big-headed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's not overpraise you. I don't want another Spoil award. the child. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to ask you simply what's what's striking you about about the whole Christmas experience mm. this time round. You know, returning to Advent, going back to these stories. What's striking you? Well, I think it's that's a really good question. I think it's to do with this sense of anxiety, uncertainty mm. that we're all feeling and not really mm. knowing what each day is going to hold. And, you know, you thought you were in for one kind of Christmas. Yeah. You know, and now you're in for another kind. And I know we had this last year, but last year we were already mm. in lockdown. You were kind of more used to it. Whereas we, yeah. You know, so I think for me it's about that holding on to that, that hope and holding on to that presence, really whatever happens you know um whatever comes through this year mm. that would mm. be me what about yourself i i think i think um you know that the message of christmas is not a, a little sort of small kind of about me and god and personal salvation and everything it is about that but it's about something much bigger than that it, it, it is it's political people say you should never mix religion politics i don't know how you could ever possibly separate them because god does have an agenda for the world it seems to me and it's it's an agenda of love and inclusion and 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 valuing all of humanity equally do you know and i think that perhaps the message of christmas for me is about less about jesus being born but more about hope being born in me you know than you know that god wants to work in partnership with me in cooperation with me to bring about you know, their loving reign on earth. 
Um, you know, the, these images of lions laying down with lambs, which to me means the powerful laying down with the vulnerable, swords being beaten into plowshares, all that stuff is all coming together um, in this story. God's justice flowing like a river down to the lowest and most God-forsaken places on earth. So, yeah, I think it's good to set aside a time of year where you really start to think about that stuff and embrace that stuff. Because you can't think about it all the time, can you? Like, life's busy. Um, so, yeah, and it's easier when you don't have young kids around, actually, <laughs> to think about that stuff, <laughs> funnily enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I came across a quote that I really liked. Can I can I share it with you? It's, it's from Brian McLaren. Um, we've been going through this in Soul Place and it's just been such a treasure um, when you sort of struggle like I do sometimes to get in past, the, the, you know, the kind of fairy tale Christmas stories and everything. And he, he said this at one point in his book. I thought this was great. He says it is through what proud men have considered the weaker sex that God's true power enters and changes the world. That, it turns out, is exactly what Mary understood the messenger to be saying. God has looked with favour on the lowliness of his servant, scattered the proud, brought down the powerful, lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. So Mary presents herself to the Holy Spirit to receive and cooperate with God's creative power. She surrenders and receives. She nurtures and gives her all because she dares to believe the impossible is possible. Her son Jesus will consistently model her self-surrender and receptivity to God and he will consistently prefer the insightful kindness of motherhood to the violent blindness of statehood. That's what it means to be alive in the adventure of Jesus. We present ourselves to God, our bodies, our stories, our futures, our possibilities, even our limitations. Here I am, we say with Mary, the Lord's servant, let it be to me according to your will. I mean, how good is that? Well, it's all right, but it's not not exactly as good as my bauble about Brussels sprouts. No, of course it isn't. And he's a young and up and coming he's, writer. But if he does you, his best. Taking all that aside. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Note to good. self, never praise another writer on this podcast. <laughs> Listen. I have an award for oh. brutal honesty. I say it like it, like it is. <laughs> well, listen, we should finish soon. And, we should. Uh, and don't we want to thank the lovely people who've tuned in to us all year long, poor people. Thank you for journeying with us through yet another year. And um, obviously we're getting older and a lot wiser together. Mm, we're, like, <laughs> we're like two wise men. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you very much for for listening thank you for writing in thank you for saying nice things about the podcast yes thank you, thank you. if you didn't say nice things about the podcast i just wanted to be nice to you i'm not really thankful at all uh <laughs> thank you for giving to us yes and, and seriously give to the people who need it this year there's so many if you've got anything left over <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so it's so encouraging uh you know to hear people's stories thank you especially i think to all those people who shared uh stories with us w which haven't been for broadcast uh yeah yeah and, you know but which are for prayer and for you know just to let us know what's happening in their lives and it, it does mean a lot to us yes thank you um well this being a church service effectively as I like to see it. Possibly you know. the most important service anyone could go to. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. 
Um, it's it's the no lessons and no carols. Um, yeah. uh, we should end with a blessing. Yeah, yes. And you, yeah. conveniently enough, have put one in the running order. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. It is. Okay. Who wants to start? Me or you? Uh, I don't. I don't mind. You okay. start. Your order of seniority. Go on. <laughs> That's not true. Anyway, bless you, mate. Well, dear friends and dear listeners, thank you again. May you know light in your darkness. May you know peace in your chaos. May you be content with mystery in the midst of mid-faith questions. May you know hope. May you be the good news to everyone you encounter this Christmas. May you share what you have with those in need. May you be a sign of God's compassion in the heart of this world. And may you know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ for you right now, this Christmas time and always. Amen. Amen.